On today's show, the Lakers sneak by a Lucaless Mavs team in overtime. Hillbilly Kobe hits the game winner in overtime. Shea Gill just Alexander hits what he thinks is the greatest buzzer beating game tying shot of all time until all of a sudden it didn't even matter. And which teams have the biggest panic button after the night's games on Wednesday? It's Nick Angst and Tony East on Locked On NBA today. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need. You can even negotiate better deals for those you want to keep. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go check out the videos. Go like and subscribe, comment, all that stuff that YouTubers say because we are all now YouTubers now. And... Joining me, friend of the show, multiple time guest slash co-host slash filling in slash six man of the year for the Lockdown NBA show, Tony East from Lockdown Pacers. What you got for me, Tony? What a night. 11 games in the NBA, some absolutely crazy finishes, a surprise team that's still kicking butt, and a few very disappointing teams continuing to be very disappointing. We got it all today, Nick. Speaking of a team disappointed, we're going to get into every single game in the NBA um, in the NBA, to every single game that happened in the NBA, and we will start with the team that was disappointed, my Dallas Mavericks. I cover the, the Mavericks over for Lockdown Mavs, and oh man, Jalen Brunson said it best after the game. It was the one that got away for the Mavericks. Luka Doncic did not play in this game. He is still out with ankle soreness. He was looking pretty good before the game. He was he was running around. He was doing stuff. He was warming up. He was out there with his purple sweatshirt that was just a, a terrible wardrobe choice playing the Lakers in the American Airlines Center uh, where he was talking to LeBron at halftime and he was up there. LeBron had the yellow and, and purple and then Luka had the purple sweatshirt, but uh, Luka did not play. The Mavericks took them to overtime. The Mavericks shot under 40% from the field, under 28% from three and against LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, you know, all them. And it still took to overtime for this game. It was absolutely insane. There was moments in this game where you thought the Mavericks were going to pull away from it. Then the Lakers would come back and hit some big threes. Late in the game, Chris Osporzingis hits a pull-up shot in isolation against, uh, against Austin Reeves. The Mavericks go up by three with under a minute to go. Brunson... Then the next play, he tries. He could have hit a shot to basically seal the game for him, but he tries this underhanded scoop shot and tries to get it up for himself. He can't hit it. LeBron tries this deep, deep three just to tie the game. He throws one up. LeBron is just being real cavalier with some of these threes he was thrown up in this game, pun intended. Maxi and Kristaps Porzingis both go up for the rebound at the exact same time for the Mavericks. They're trying to they're trying to wrestle it away from each other. They don't realize it's the same team. The ball gets jarred loose. Wayne Ellington hits a three to tie the game. They go into overtime, get to the end of overtime. This game was this game was so drunk going back and forth. The Lakers missing threes. The Mavericks messing up in, on offense. Uh, Russell Westbrook hits a contested corner three, his first three of the game, and probably uh, the craziest three that he's hit so far this season. Uh, Brunson then passes it back to Maxi. Maxi banks in a three to, to then give the Mavericks uh, to tie the game. And then... At the end, you have Russell Westbrook in the corner, the exact same corner he hit that shot. 
He's wide open. He doesn't take it. He kicks it over to Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves contested three. He hits it. And this guy, Austin Reeves, this rookie from kind of out of nowhere, is then mobbed by LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo Anthony, plus Rajon Rondo and DeAndre Jordan. It's like, what an experience for that guy, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves, who, since I'm from Indiana, I can say this, whose grandma lives in Kokomo, Indiana, which he told me after his draft workout with the Indiana Pacers. What a shot for him, and what a story for him from going to undrafted to the two-way to the full contract and then having a moment like that in a big game. Very impressive. None of the Lakers' big three were like, awesome in this game you know they're all pretty good davis's defense was excellent but the lakers found enough from everybody else davis was abs like just awful in this game at at most points in this game he and at halftime i think he had like four points five boards two uh two turnovers a couple fouls and things like that he just did not look good in this game he had two air balls in this game one from like pretty close and the other one from three uh, this Lakers win did not instill any confidence in anyone, right? Nope. It's, it's, if we're going to do the national NBA thing, no no confidence was instilled. Although, maybe you found something in Austin Reeves now. Maybe this is now a guy that you can trust in big moments in a game like this where he can hit some threes, he can hold his own on defense. The Mavericks tried their hardest to get KP switched onto him and to try and take advantage of him and to try and get him in the post, but they, they couldn't figure it out. And so the Lakers slipped by with this one. They sneaked by with this one. The Mavericks, one got away from him. They could have gotten that win. Luka will be out the next game on Sunday against Minnesota, but hopefully he'll be back. It's just they're working on that ankle. They're trying to get him right, trying to get him healthy, and they may be trying to get him in better conditioning at this at this point in the NBA season. But that was the game for the Lakers and the Mavericks. Let's move over to the craziest ending, even more crazy than the ending we just had. Um, 30 seconds left in Pelicans versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Pelicans were up 106 to 102. So four-point lead with 30 seconds left. You're feeling, okay, I'm feeling okay about this. SGA then banks in a three, and you're saying, okay, now, now all of a sudden uh, the, the Pelicans have, or the uh, the Thunder have, Thunder have some, uh, they have some light here. <laughs> they can actually, they can maybe pull this off. Foul, they play the foul game, go back and forth. A couple guys hit some, hit some free throws. And then, uh, Gordon or Garrett Temple tries to foul SGA with like four seconds left. SGA somehow avoids the foul matrix style, throws the ball up and shot puts it into the basket. He hits it. And so all of a sudden the game, the game is, uh, is tied. And then Devonte Graham, 61 feet nails this game winner. It's one of those games where you just look and you say, sometimes when two bad teams play each other, they're awesome games. Yeah. That, that ending was, uh, I don't think it's an exaggeration. That was the best ending of the season by far to me. Like Temple messing up the foul. Ingram hit a big pull-up that I thought was going to be the dagger with like 20 seconds left before the foul games. And that was a nasty shot too. And then it's like, okay, Pelicans got it again. Okay, no, they don't. Okay, yes, they do. And then Shea (laughs) is getting fouled. Like Garrett Temple screwed this up big time. You got to foul right away or not foul at all. And he fouled after the catch. So it could have been a shooting foul. Uncalled. Shea buries it. The camera... On the broadcast I had up, still was panning to the crowd celebrating. Yeah, and then they like, almost didn't get this shot. And they're like, oh, crap, Devontae Graham just shot it. They pan back to the court. He, he nails the 61-footer. Pelicans go crazy. It was insane. The replay took a few seconds, which was great, too, be- in this instance. For once, the replay was great because it allowed the cameras to show the shots of the Pelicans going crazy and celebrating. They needed this win. Brandon Ingram was awesome, and that shot was unbelievable. It was a sick game. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned Brandon Ingram being awesome. If you listen to uh, to Jake Madison, Locked on Pelicans, Brandon Ingram hit a ton 
of big shots late in this game. And this Pelicans team is starting to show some life here recently. They're not this the terrible, you know, guaranteed win every single every single game for the other team game recently. And Brandon Ingram has been a big part of that. He had 34 points in this game, hit a bunch of big shots late, and he just kind of stepped up and said, "Okay, I'm the best player on the court, and I'm just gonna take it. I'm just gonna take over in this game." And I thought that that was a great moment for Brandon Ingram. Yeah, it was. He needs more games like this, too, I, I think, just because, you know, the Pels have needed someone to step up with Zion out. And he, he's had some games where he does it, but some where he doesn't. And Valanchunas had a, has a couple as well. But if the Pelicans are going to, you know, there's a rumor that they might be a buyer heading into the trade deadline, which seems crazy to me. But if they do <laughs> want to do that, if Brandon Ingram can play like this more often, that makes that you have a little bit more confidence in them to do that. They may be buying a Peloton, maybe, is what they're, <laughs> they're going to be doing. Uh, OKC also had hit, hit 14 of their 14 free throws in the fourth quarter in this game. Uh, oh. Gilgis Alexander and, uh, you guessed it, Muscala. <laughs> the Moose both had six free th- both six of six in the fourth quarter here, uh, which actually kept the Thunder in this game. Uh, Houston at Cleveland. The Cleveland Cavaliers just keep winning, Tony. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it, well, it does. They're really good. It doesn't make sense given what I thought of the Cavs before the season started. That's not fair to the Cavs. They're awesome. My last note, I, te- I texted Nick this when we were planning this show. I watched the first quarter and a half of this game before the Pacers played, uh, and my last note was the score is 47-16 LOL because the Cavs just dominated Dominated, dominated the Rockets at the beginning of this game. It was absolutely ridiculous. And the Rock, both teams had a ton of dudes out. Like Evan Mobley didn't play. Eric Gordon didn't play. Christian Wood didn't play. Jalen Green didn't play. Kevin Porter didn't play. Like, I get why the Rockets looked helpless, but the Cavs are awesome. They've won now seven of eight, I believe. They've lost twice since Thanksgiving. They're legit. They're up to fourth in the East. Darius Garland is awesome. He leads the league in total assists. Didn't even have to do it that much tonight. He had 21 and only three assists. Kevin Love, like... Looked like a useful NBA player for the first time in two years. The funniest, Where did that come from? The funniest discourse about Kevin Love right now is remember last year when he was just like throwing passes out of bounds and just not caring <laughs> about stuff. Yes. And they're like, okay, well, let's get Kevin Love on a good team. All right, here he is now. Like he's on, <laughs> he a, he's on a good team now. It didn't even take him moving rosters or moving locker rooms or anything like that. He's now on one. Isaac Okoro filling in as the starter for Sexton, 20 points. If he can round into form on both ends, oh my. Isaac Okoro had oh my. one of the dunks of the year so far. Yes, he, he dunked did. on almost the entire Rockets organization, uh, <laughs> Tillman Fertitta included. He dunked on everybody. It's already being turned into memes right now. I saw uh, Jesus Nice tweet out a, <laughs> a meme of of Isaac Okoro. It was an insane dunk. You have to go watch it. But yeah, a big game for him, for somebody that has been so up and down with that Cavs fan base. They can't decide if they're in or out on this guy if they think that he's the future if they think that they should try to move on from him and this is a a big game for him nick last time i was on locked on nba i talked about jared allen and his maybe all-star candidacy so now i gotta do a different cav i'll say it to you nick angstad darius garland eastern conference all-star Ooh, i have to go through and just and list all of them but man yeah not the worthy exercise but not crazy that he's in that discussion he's been that good this year to give him like all right you're in the discussion right you, you yeah. put it on the table and you're one of my options on the table is is not insane he's really stepped up especially with colin sexton out and like mobley's not the crazy scorer and so you have to have somebody to kind of like lead this offense and that's what darius garland has done and so yeah i, I think it's it's not insane which is it, it's insane to think that he's in this spot but it's not insane to put him in this spot right now and just like we all expected, if the playoffs started today, the Cleveland Cavaliers would host the Charlotte Hornets in the 4-5 series in the East. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's small, that's small market heaven right there for, for those two teams. 
All right, coming up, lots more in the NBA. Gordon Hayward of those Charlotte Hornets goes off for 40. Joel Embiid can't get it done against a just a Miami team that no one would recognize in a lot more games. And we'll play the game, who has the bigger panic button among three teams that lost really bad in the NBA tonight. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy and you it's better than anybody else is doing it right now. You can go to prize picks and you can pick uh, right now, go NBA. I'm on here. You can pick Cade Cunningham versus the, your Indiana Pacers, Tony East. Cade Cunningham over under 18 and a half points. Uh, over. I mean, the Pacers can't stop anybody right now. <laughs> I'm feeling Cade Cunningham over. He's been on a roll recently. Isaiah Stewart over and under nine and a half points. They do stars like Cade Cunningham, and they do just role players like Isaiah Stewart. You can pick Sadiq Bay. You can pick Julius Randle against Houston. So let's go Isaiah Stewart under that nine and a half points. If I put down $20 on that bet right now, you can win $40. If I put down $100, you can go ahead and you can win $200 on that. There's all kinds of flex plays and power plays and all kinds of fun stuff you can do. I could also combine it with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert playing the Thursday night football game if I wanted to. Let me just throw Patrick Mahomes over 271 passing yards. All of a sudden, that takes my uh, my winnings way up. So go check it out. Use the promo code NBA. You'll get a $100 match for your first deposit, if you put that down, so put down 100 bucks, they will match it 100 bucks using the promo code NBA Prize Picks. Prize Picks is where you want to play your fantasy. Go check it out. Prize Picks, uh, daily fantasy made easy. All right, Tony East, I did not say this up the top, but I got the booster yesterday, and it is it is boosting me all over the all over the place recently. It is uh, taking me for a ride. <laughs> Taking me for a ride the last 24 hours. Uh, Charlotte Hornets versus San Antonio Spurs. Gordon Hayward goes off. Speaking of boosts, uh, Gordon Hayward gave the Hornets <laughs> a boost in this game. Thank Ooh. you for that unintentional segue. Indianapolis native Gordon Hayward. So, of course, I'm going to gas him up like crazy in this game. But the Hornets just kind of getting through their their COVID situation. Uh, unironically speaking of booster that time. Uh, LaMelo Ball still not back, but he's out of health and safety protocol. So, Gordon Hayward's got to do a little more in terms of creation for this team. And... He did it in this game, 41 points on 19 shots, and he only had six free throws. That tells you basically that he just made everything. 15 for 19, five of six from deep. You're not going to lose very much when the guy who has the ball the most on your team shoots like that. Cody Martin shot very well. Terry Rozier coming back, easing back, looking better. Miles Bridges, MIP case may be gone, but still looking good. Jalen McDaniels played well. The Hornets just smoked the Spurs, and the Spurs are rounding into some form, uh, but they did not look very good in this game. They got a lot of points from some bench guys, but – in general, the Hornets, uh, who are, again, like I said, rolling up in the East in the last segment, looked very good in this game. The Spurs have had a couple of these games where it feels like the team playing against them, all of a sudden, oh, our offense just got right. Our offense finally got right. The Mavericks had a game against them. I know they've, they've allowed 100, 120 points a couple of times of teams, and all of a sudden that team the next day is like, okay, our offense is finally getting right. We're finally getting to do the things that we want to do, and it's against these this Spurs team, but... Gordon Hayward, that's an incredible stat line. 41 points, 19 shots, six free throw attempts, six three-point attempts. Like You just do not get more efficient than that in a game. Uh, and it's easy to forget that Gordon Hayward is still out there like doing stuff <laughs> and being an NBA player because a good after, one. That, after that fall he took in uh, you know for the Celtics a little while ago, a couple years ago, it just seems like he has kind of been, been out there and we don't really consider him like he's not in the all-star conversation at all right now. Um, but – for the Charlotte Hornets team, he's massive for them. He was close at times that all-star convo last year before a little bit of a dead run at the end of December. But 
Yeah, he he's definitely talented and and very good for this Hornets team. A good use of their money for a for a growing young team. The Spurs, by the way, I have I have takes about the Spurs because Greg Popovich is their coach. I always check how close they are to the play-in tournament, and they are one game out. The Spurs are like a lock to somehow get tenth, <laughs> right? Like Pop will somehow sneak them into important games. Oh man, yeah, just yeah, the, the, that Spurs team. It just seems like they're they're one Not bad. Like, they're one crazy run away from one of these guys. And it yeah. just seems like they're waiting from one of these guys, Keldon Johnson, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, like one of the Devin Vassell even to just go on a crazy run where all of a sudden that puts them in a position to, to be right there. Uh, it feels like they're waiting on one of those guys. But I agree. I think we should move on to the game that I can't believe ends up being the fifth biggest game of the night. The Sixers and the Heat, two big name teams, a lot of stars. And yet it wasn't even, and it was kind of close. And yet it wasn't even that big of a game on this crazy NBA night. Big stars, but not for the Heat, really. The Heat were without <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and one of the Morris twins, uh, the one, the, <laughs> the one, that, uh, the one that, that Jokic's brothers don't like. Um, hey, you know what? I said no big stars, but Gabe Vincent did play, and he is apparently a big star because he was unbelievable. Gabe Vincent, 26 points. He hit seven threes in this game. Uh, a wire to wire, a near wire to wire win for Miami, but I thought the big thing in this was, was Miami doesn't have anybody. They're finally hitting some threes. Duncan Robinson hit four of his first five threes. Gabe Vincent hit seven threes. Huge for them. Uh, they really they really out-hustled the, the Sixers in almost every way. Joel Embiid, 24 points, or 17 points in this one, 14 boards. You're like, okay, five assists. It's not a really good stat line, but he was scoreless over the last 15 minutes of this game. That's just that's something that just cannot happen. There's something going on with Joel Embiid. It's a, it's a really interesting situation with him right now. Uh, he did not score. He scored three points in the entire second half, and he only took four shots in the fourth quarter. Two of them were threes, and one of them was a like forced three at the end of a shot clock. They just and, were not getting it to him, and it just didn't make any sense. And two of them were in the final thirty seconds, as they you know they tied it up late, and they had a chance in this one, but a, a Harris offensive foul, and then two Embiid shots in the last thirty seconds. They didn't score from the time they tied the game on. Meanwhile, Gabe Vincent, apparently the star for the Heat, <laughs> did hit shots down the stretch, and that allowed the Heat, who, like you said, they were up the whole game. They end up, It ends up getting tied. They almost blow it. They find a way to pull it out at the end. Lowry hit some free throws. But, yeah, Embiid couldn't score at all in this game, couldn't get the ball much. So not looking 100% for sure and definitely not a performance for him. I mean, if he plays even decent, they win this game. I can't believe I'm about to say this as the host of Dallas Mavericks, but uh, the Heat culture showed out in this game. <laughs> showed out in this game. The togetherness, the you know, the defense, the PJ Tucker, Dwayne Dedman combination of those two guys being able to stop Joel Embiid and just sort of making things hard for him. And it 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 made it so that there was open shots for other guys. Right, you had a bunch of shots from uh, you know Tobias Harris got a bunch of shots. Tyrese Maxey had 27 points, but he didn't score in the last five minutes and 50 seconds of this game. Uh, but our friend Jackson Frank had this stat between the eight minute it made eight and a half minute mark of the third and the nine and a half minute of the fourth Tyrese Maxey scored or assisted on 23 of the Sixers 28 points so wow. he was really getting it done for him when Joel Embiid wasn't but late in the fourth nobody could get it done for the Sixers and that's why we end up with a, another heat win even though they were missing so many guys they smoked the Pacers last Friday with basically this exact team so maybe they the, the heat culture just always turns out these guys that you know, on the fringes of the NBA and makes them useful. It's really unbelievable. And I know that it's like a meme term, and especially the Mavs would hate it. But it, it is real, I think. It's impressive how they're always able to do this. A guy named Omer Yurtsevin 
was out there was out there for the heat i'm sure that many of you guys listening know all summer about league it. stud dude how dare you right. be little yeah. you're he had five points three boards and four assists he was killing it for him in this game uh speaking of killing it anthony edwards 10 of 14 from three the youngest wow. player ever to hit 10 threes the only timberwolf ever to do we call them timberwolves i just realized that do we is that what we call them do we plural it yeah <laughs> the youngest timberwolves player <laughs> i guess we just throw it like that uh, with 10 threes and uh, man, insane for him. And I thought what was cool at the end of this game, uh, Anthony Edwards' big comment was about Carl Anthony Towns and how finally Carl Anthony Towns and him were on the same page offensively. It was a, a, a big win for this team over the Denver Nuggets. Jokic had a triple double, but uh, Anthony Edwards, man. And it, was, it wasn't just that he hit those threes, it was that he hit three in the first quarter, two in the second quarter, two in the third, and three in the fourth quarter like he really spread it out and it really became something where he was just consistently hitting these shots and i think that's it's massive for this timberwolves team to have both of those guys towns and edwards both go off for for 30 beat a team like the nuggets with with uh yoka who's an mvp candidate right now or should be uh and then after the game <laughs> our friend dane moore posted this that after the game carl anthony towns was not wearing a shirt post game because dan <laughs> because d'angelo uh Russell dumped a bucket of ice water on him. And then he said, Anthony Edwards was not wearing pants, but we do not know why Anthony Edwards is not wearing pants. So <laughs> Anthony Edwards was shooting so hot, his pants caught on fire and he had to take them off. Basically, Anthony Edwards is such a character. I love guys like him it's who amazing. are just, yeah, just always interesting. Something fun to say and are good. They're not just talking for no reason. Anthony Edwards is great. And like that, this has been every nuggets game this season. I check and Jokic has some, <laughs> insane stat line shoots like 70% and they just get absolutely smoked. Like he, he got his triple double in the third quarter when he got his 10, three bound, they were down by 17. He got a three quarter triple double and they were down 17 at the end of it. And it's just how the nuggets roster is. He can probably will them into the playoffs, I think, cause he's been so good, but it's just going to be how this nugget season is. It's like, it's like Mike Trout, basically, you know, if you follow <laughs> baseball where he has all these crazy stats and he's the first guy to do this, that, and this since the 1950s and the angels go 70 and 92. So hopefully the, the nuggets can turn around, but yes, Anthony Edwards is, is an absolute delight. And he, no one, no one more deserving than, uh, than him to, to have a record breaking <laughs> night because he, he can certainly sling some quotes after the game. Absolutely. couple more games and then we'll get into our game. Panic button. Who has to hit the biggest panic button between three teams that got dominated in the NBA? But before we talk about that, let me tell you about Truebill. Do you have subscriptions that you just don't realize you had until you look at your credit card statement or you look at your, you know, your checking account and you say, what is this? What is this thing? It's always for me, Paramount Plus. Like, what, When did I ever watch Paramount Plus and why am I still paying for it? Well, Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel and Truebill makes it incredibly simple for you. They have a concierge that's there for you when you need them. To cancel unwanted subscriptions, you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. That's truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Get rid of that stuff you're not paying for anymore. Don't waste your money. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right, Tony East. Couple more games before we play Panic Button. The Utah Jazz just take care of business against the LA Clippers. The Clippers do not have Paul George, Serge Ibaka, Nick Batum. Obviously, they're still without Kawhi Leonard. And uh, 
but they stuck around with the Jazz for a little bit until the Utah Jazz just took just took care of business, basically. That's what this team does at this point. They're a, prof- they're a professional team, four guys with 20 points. They're now on an eight-game winning streak. They have the best offense in, NBA, in the NBA by over five points, according to Cleaning the Glass, which is insane to think about. They're... The next team closest to them is five points per 100 possessions lower, which is like a gap that you just do not see in the NBA. Um, This Jazz team is on a roll right now. The Jazz are hilarious because they (laughs) went eight and like they went eight in a row, and I have no idea. It's like the it's it's like the Suns. You know, at some point I caught on to that one, and that one went on for a while because they don't go on long streaks like that as often. Every year, the Jazz have a stretch where they win 12 in a row, and like two people tell me that the Jazz have won. <laughs> and one of them is our boss, David. Yeah, Lawson. yeah, and one of them is our boss. Their offense is unreal. And, you know, I remember a few years ago, Mike Conley, when he joined Utah, talking about he had to have a PhD to be a part of the Jazz offense because it's kind of complicated. But once they <laughs> click, it really works, right? Like all their wings are really scoring in this game. Mitchell was awesome in the third quarter of this game. And, Look, the Clippers fought really hard. Isaiah Hartenstein's in my notes as a guy that continues <laughs> to be very impressive despite barely making this team. Uh, yeah. They played; they were hanging around there within 10 in the fourth, but the Jazz are just they are too good for everybody right now. The big news around the Jazz today was that Danny Ainge is going to join the front office. He is now in charge of basketball, so get ready for all of the Utah Jazz almost got the star, <laughs> the next star that's available memes, and uh, that Dwayne Wade was in the pitch meeting, but it just didn't work out for the Jazz. That's how it's going to work. I yeah, I think him and Justin Zanuck will work pretty well together. That's a good Utah front office. But I will be curious if if the Jazz end up that way. We'll know exactly who is making all the leaks in Boston as well. <laughs> all right, last game before we get to our panic button teams, the or the Orlando Magic get beat by the Atlanta Hawks, who have kind of bounced back a little bit. Here's Brad Roland from Locked On Hawks to talk about it. There you go. The Atlanta Hawks get the win. All right, let's move on to our final three games of the night. Indiana at Milwaukee, Memphis at Portland, Washington at Sacramento. All three of these teams, three of these teams that lost, have a case to be hitting the panic button. Let's start with your Indiana Pacers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh-oh. All right, the game we're going to play is so Indiana loses – the loses this game to, to the Bucks, and they've already said that they're in this rebuild retool. You heard from the from the owner the other day about this, but they lose this game by 15 to the Bucks. How big is the panic button that the Indiana Pacers should be making? I got my whiteboard. You got you, your paper. You got to describe this game correctly to figure out why the Pacers are in the panic button game. The Pacers lost to the Bucks by 15, and Giannis and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and DeMarcus Cousins and Wesley Matthews and Dante DiVincenzo and Semi Ojale all did not play for the Bucks. And the Pacers lost by 15. So how big is the panic button that they need to That said, my panic button's my panic button's kind of tiny. 
yeah, my panic button is quarter sized, right? Yeah. Just it, they're not panicking. They know what the, right. they know what they are. They know they got to make a move. They've already sort of hit the all right. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're going to to move on from. Is it a retool or is it a, is it a re you know is it a rebuild? Yeah, the, the you know their owner is even talking about how they they can retool or tow that line. And even still, after today, this is almost unbelievable. They're twelve and eighteen, and they're twelfth in net rating. Right, like they are yeah. still <laughs> playing well most of the time. They just lose a lot of close games, and that's kind of been a Carlisle thing for a while. But if they're so close to figuring it out and being a lot better, so their panic button is small. They clearly know they need a small directional change. So. You know, they're not like a new team or a team that is stuck in the mud. They know what the next step is. So I have their panic button as very small. They got smoked by a Bucks team they should have beat, though. So maybe it should be a little bigger than that. The Portland Trailblazers lose uh, a game to the Memphis Grizzlies by 10. Um, it's another one that um, Portland is just in this slide right now. John Morant still missing from this um, from this Memphis team. But Portland is just absolutely in a slide right now. They have lost... The, their last seven games, they're one of nine in their last ten. This team, what's the size of the panic button that this Portland Trailblazers team needs to hit? I need a bigger piece of paper. It's <laughs> like a, huge. Mine is like uh, I wrote ah, I wrote ah in it because <laughs> they need to be screaming. I get that Dame's not playing, right? Like they have reasons to be losing right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why there's the panic button, though. The Dame if, panic button. If he even says. I'm thinking about it. Not even says I want the trade. He says to the front office, I'm thinking about it. They they got to be freaking out. They have a new head coach, an interim GM, and it could all change so fast. They, yeah. It, <laughs> Damn oh boy. They, their panic button is huge. They need to turn it around. This second, I believe I saw they've lost 10 out of their last 11. They had big aspirations for this season. That's why they switched head coaches. Terry Stotts is somewhere smiling, knowing how good of a job he did with <laughs> Panic button, huge for Portland. Big panic button. They got to make some moves. Go follow Mike Richmond, Locked on Blazers, for all that. He's going to have it covered front to back like he always does. All right. Our last one here, the Washington Wizards. They lose to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, just that in and of itself. Can, can, we, can we give them a panic button just in and of itself for that one? But uh, they lose by 14 points. This team started the first 13 games they were 10 and 3 they had the fifth best defensive rating in the nba this was a stat muse stat that i, I was gonna say up. stat muse got you here i saw this one last 16 games they're 5 and 11 with a 28th defensive rating uh and clean the glass has them 26th in both offense and defensive rating over this last 16 game stretch what's the size of the panic button that the wizards need to, to hit i have the uh the pacers for a comparison uh up in the top corner <laughs> you can see the wizards just a little bigger than just the pacers you know, I drew a square <laughs> because this Wizards team was 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 fool's gold at the beginning of the season to me. That defense was never real to me. Fifth in defensive rating with the roster that they have, with the players that they have. I went on Lockdown Wizards. I, I talked to those guys that watch them every day, the experts, and I was like, guys, how is this Wizards team so good defensively? And they would just throw around like, oh, they got, you know, Denny's been playing good defense and Kuzma and KCP and Harold's been playing good defense. I'm like, that's not going to last. There's just no way that's going to last with the players they have. And so this team is regressing to the team that they're going to be. The weird thing is that like Montrezl Harrell was insane for them at the beginning of the season. He averaged 18 points a game for the first uh, 13 games of the season when they were 10 and three. Over the last 16 games, he's at 12 points a game. So he's dropped significantly. Spencer Dinwiddie, 17 points a game over that first 13-game stretch. Eight and, eight and a half points a game over this last 16-game stretch with the same amount of minutes for both guys and just about the same number of games played. Like These guys just cannot figure out 
uh, offense as well as the de- the defensive end that is now basically bottomed out for them. Yeah, they have the reason their buttons bigger than the Pacers but smaller than the Blazers is like they have the Beal thing that could kind of be like the Dame thing, I suppose. But one, they just kind of traded Russ in a way that really like helped them if even if Beal asks out, like they have a lot of good stuff and yeah. they just got a new head coach that I think is sending them in a better direction. Like they're not in the Portland situation where it's like they've rocked with one core for forever and they might be breaking that up. They have a whole new team this year, so I don't think they need to panic really at all, but I mean, they're getting nothing from their point guards recently. Absolutely nothing, right? So yeah. I agree with you that it was a little fool's goal at the beginning of the season. That's also why it's not a panic thing, right? Like They just surpassed expectations. So, yeah, if they thought they – if they use that stretch to kind of reset expectations in the org and thought they might finish in like that five to eight range, yeah, then they probably should be hitting the panic button. But in general – you know, just a minor like, uh oh, we might not be that good kind of kind of panic button. <laughs> oh, we are who we thought we were. Yeah, I, I, we put this team in the panic button conversation because a lot of Wizards fans are saying it's time to panic. I saw um, Delonte Daniels talk about that. I saw Quentin Mayo talk about that. They're like, it's time to panic. This is the panic button time for for the Wizards. I understand if you're a fan of the team and they were winning at the beginning of the season and then they just don't look the same now at the end of the season and they're not playing defense the way that they were and the players they're playing don't match, you know, a good defensive team, but. This, this team can't panic right now because what are they going to do, right? Like right. they just they trade a bunch of these guys to try and get somebody. Who are they going to get? Who are they going to get with the guys that they have right now? Um, I guess they could and pair somebody with Beal, but Beal's the one that hasn't been super good this year so far as he's been in, in years past. He was decent in this game, but um, can I give uh, two pieces of shoutouts to the to the Kings here? Oh, should we? I I have I have two. They Doug Christie filling in as coach. Mm. Uh, first win as a head coach doesn't actually count for his record, but still cool. Uh, got the game ball after the game, so congratulations to former King Doug Christie. Two Darren Fox, big game, twenty eight points, which inspired me to look up his stats in December. This is prior to tonight. Prior to tonight, so these are probably better now. Points per game, twenty four point five in December on fifty two point four percent shooting, four rebounds, three point three assists. Darren Fox, after being terrible, terrible to start the season. Finally looking good for the Kings, who are quietly looking a little bit better. Uh, have a winning record in the month of December. So watch out. Sacramento's coming for that playing spot, everybody. They're coming for it. There we go. That's the night in the NBA. We always have it for you. Thanks for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every single day. We will be back with you tomorrow. You got the boys holding you down, uh, Wes Goldberg and Adam Marez. Now, make your second listen to Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Boom.